Welcome in to another season of Unlocking the Vault. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Back. It is the beginning of the 2018-19 season, and let me tell you, the expectations are high. People are feeling good, and uh, one game is under our belt, and we're one and zero, Joe. We are one and zero. Barely squeaked it out. Uh, came down to the end, but we pulled it out. Beat them by uh, 69. So, I mean. Uh, I think the spread was like 34 and a half. So doubled it. Can't beat that. Covered that. Uh, yeah. Can't really be, I don't know. No other better way to start, I guess. If than, you, if you placed a bet on Nebraska or any team and they double the spread, do you get like double the return? See, I don't know. I've never, have you bet? I've never, I've never bet. I want to, Okay, but I don't, I don't try. I feel like it would lead to bad things. I feel like every sports talk show or host in the United States is a degenerate gambler and we are bucking the trend. We need to, we need to, we need to figure that out, but I'm, I'm good, but I, there, there's a big, uh, there's a train rolling through here for the season. Are you on the hype train? I am. I am all, I'm all in, all in. Dave is all in on I the hype all train In on the hype train. Um, so, uh, as you are aware by now that the season is underway. So we missed a lot since our last, <laughs> Since our last, our last, which is what in March, our last vent session, it's only been what? Okay. So March, April, May, June, July, it's, it's been a while. And so forgive us for not uh, coming to you sooner, but we're here now. And I'm just going to give you just a little quick rundown of what happened this summer. A lot happened. So um, bear with me. I'm going to talk really fast. Okay. So the things that happened this summer, Jordy Shimonga transferred, uh, Deshaun Burke transferred in from Robert Morris, uh, Deshaun uh, Dedoc Chan transferred in from a JUCO and then he left. This is a quick stint. Yeah. He was here for three, less than three months. Kenya Hunter left for another assistant job at UConn and, uh, Tim miles hired Armand Gates from Northwestern via Florida. Carrington Davis, unfortunately is out after blowing out his Achilles tendon. Um, he'll be out for the year. Uh, Nebraska has picked up several recruits since we last talked to you. Um, Gervais Green is a JUCO stud out of Western Nebraska Community College, uh, big time scorer. Um, Micah Adams Wood will be a point guard for the next 2019 class, and another in-state kid, Cole Arope um, from Omaha, uh, Creighton Prep, I believe. Uh, rounds out your 2019 class uh, unless they add some JUCOs or some transfers or something uh, in the summer. And we have a couple of 2020 commits to uh, Donovan Williams out of uh, Lincoln North Star. 402. Yeah, buddy. And DeAndre Davis uh, had committed recently as well. Uh, so uh, recruiting has, you know, despite the fact that Tim Miles – oh, another thing. Tim Miles had uh, one year added to his contract. So despite the, the lack of contract extension, uh, he is still finding a way to recruit because he is good at his job. Um, at least the recruiting part of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the other parts up for debate, but yes, well, I mean, I, I, I'm a 10 miles guy. That is not a secret. So I, I am all in on the 10 miles tra- train, but that's all right. You don't have to be, I'm not on the train. That's okay. But okay. We have, you know, di- disagreement. That's yeah, what, that's what makes not, it better. He's got five months to prove one of us right or wrong. He's on the hot seat. I would right. say, I'd say that for sure. Uh, it would appear that, uh, Bill Moose, is not completely sold, but, um, you know, he came out and said that 22 wins needs to happen again. Um, you know, with this team they've got coming back, it's kind of hard to argue with that. 
Yeah. It, so we'll get to that. But yeah, so it was a busy summer. A lot happened. Um, we're not going to talk through a lot of that. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably are familiar with most of that news already. So we're not going to, we're not going to get too deep into that. We're going to jump right into the start of this season and get going. So it's about 13 or 14 things that happened that we probably could have had separate. We, we could have probably had a monthly podcast and done just fine. Like a Jordy, a Jordy Chimanga emergency podcast, emergency pod. You could have just rushed to your house. And knocked one out and talked about 38 style and just emergency podcast. We got to talk about it right now. <laughs> we got to get it out. We got to get it to the people. Right, right. But yeah, ton, ton of stuff happened. Joe, it's good to be back. It is. Isn't it fun? I, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's, uh, you know, it ended on a sour note. A little bit. With the vent session. Yep. Last podcast. Uh-huh. But, um, and we didn't even do one after we lost to Mississippi State. No. Nope. Oh. The- we talked about doing one for about. <laughs> months and then we just never did and then oh the season's here so we should probably start talking again <laughs> yeah just you know better late than hey la- at least last year i think we started when big 10 play started yeah, so right hey we're here we're here this year we're gonna cover you this whole year we want if you never watch a game i want you to be able to listen to this podcast and you know exactly what's happening and then you have two i think differing opinions on a lot of stuff so there you go if you want to get in arguments with your friends you have <laughs> this hard. That's our our motto. If you never watch, you'll still know what's happening. We keep you informed here. We are the podcast for the fans that don't watch the games. (laughs) The ones that don't even want to look at it, yeah. Anyway, that's not true. We want all the people that watch the games to listen to this. Yeah, go to the games. I think think you'll enjoy it. So so we'll jump in here as we start talking about um, the season that is at hand as we mentioned we at the time of this recording um we are the a day after or two days after the start of the season um we have seen nebraska play an exhibition game against wayne state and then open the regular season versus south uh, i'm sorry i guess mississippi valley state joe quick most famous alum from mississippi valley state um uh, it's got to be um jim carrey uh, I don't. Did he go to Mississippi Valley? I have no idea. Uh, Jerry Rice. Oh Jerry God. Rice, the most God. famous alum from Mississippi Valley State. He, however, did not suit up. He was not there. It could have. They could have used him. I don't. I don't even care if he ever played. That was one of the worst basketball teams I have ever seen. I think, I think Wayne State would have beat him by twenty. I was just gonna say. I think Wayne State actually ran stuff and actually looked like a competent basketball team. Mississippi Valley State. Oh boy! I have gone to the rec center and found five guys that I've never met before, and could have given Nebraska a better game than Mississippi Valley State. And we're not—I'm not actually joking. I'm actually being kind of serious. I think like the best intramural team in Nebraska would actually give the Mississippi Valley State a run. Oh yeah, it was—it was not good. No, it was kind of like if their lives were on the line and we had to hold them under ten points, probably could have done it. I feel like if we just played our guys. I think it would have been really, really close. I think we could have won by, I mean, I'm pretty, even though we scored about the same amount of points first and second half, I think they could have won by 100 if they really wanted to put it on defensively. But it's, yeah. Did, did you watch Duke, Kentucky? I watched a little bit of So Nebraska, or uh, Duke scored 54 points in the first half. Nebraska scored 52. Or maybe it was 56, 54, but we only scored two points less than Duke in the first half. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying we're just like two points you know, read into that whatever you want. Right. You know, right. we're, not, we're not gonna tell you how to think here, but <laughs> numbers speak for themselves. Totally. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a rough night for Mississippi Valley State. They um, they were chucking up air balls left and right, and it was I was not at the game. Joe was at the game. Oof, I was at it. And, 
it was painful to watch from my from my couch. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's anything strategically. I think one time they almost had six guys out on the field or on the court. Uh huh. I was like, let's just let them. <laughs> I want to see. Let's let's push our guys. Let's see how this goes. Right. But it was a it was an interesting game. Uh, I guess starting lineup obviously is the same. Adding. Allen mm-hmm. in for I guess would have been Anton or Evan. Evan Taylor, yeah. So I guess at that time last year it was I think it was Evan. Uh, Anton Gill started the year. Anton, okay, so Anton started and then Evan, you're asking me things from a year ago. I know, and then Evan came off the bench. So yeah, he's replacing those guys at two. I was kind of skeptical of him, still a little bit. I'm just not sure his role. I mean, he's a great shooter, but ball handling wise, I'm not sure he. Has very good handles. But well, I mean, if he's going to play the two, he doesn't need to have you know no. handle it that much. But teams will press oh, sure. like they did last year, yeah. bunch. But uh, obviously, fun game. James looks really good. He looks really confident. Obviously, playing against that kind of team, you're going to be confident. But yeah. I think uh, he has a lot to prove. It's not like a NFL kind of deal deal where it's like a contract year where where guys will play above their level usually to get a pay raise. But he has a lot to prove because he's kind of playing for his draft stock. Yeah, in the uh, NBA. So. Well, you got a, a few guys in that situation, um, and if they take advantage of it, you know that could spell good things for Nebraska this year. Um, yeah, so I mean, you hit on it a little bit with uh, the rotation, um, and sort of. I don't know if you had any first impressions of, of that. Uh, we had the core four of, of Glenn and Palmer, Roby, and Copeland, where you're starting your core four there, and then um, to start the year at least, Thomas Allen will start the. Uh, um, the year in the the starting lineup, but what did you see in the rotation after that? Well, you know, I thought I, mean, I told a lot of people this. I thought we were done with the Tanner Borkart Tanner Bar- era, but we're not. No, he is the first guy. He's not the second or the third or the fourth guy. Tanner is the first guy off the bench. Uh, he's put in a lot of work to, to lose some weight and, and hopefully get into better playing shape. He looks a little in better shape, but that terrified me that he's our first guy off the bench. Okay. But just, I, I think, I, I don't think Tim wants him to be the first guy, but I just think by natural, like, default, there's no other big guys yeah. on this team. The, right. the tallest guys are all on the court. Yeah. And the way the you know you only get five fouls the way it, you know right. Roby I mean Roby had two fouls in the first half and he was out so yeah. Tanner's in just you know I don't know if they're gonna if there's gonna be something I feel like Tim will do something strategic this year I, I just by our guys will need to play I think. Uh, much better like sound uh defensively just because i we can't have huge stretches where tanner is out there without because there's gonna be times where isaac needs to sit and roby needs to sit and you're gonna have to have james isaac or roby out there at least one of them needs to be out there and so with tanner in there it's just tanner can do a lot of good things i think he just He's very limited. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to ask him to score, you know, eight points a game. I think it's, you know, defend and rebound. And if he does that. Set hard screens. Yeah. So he can do that. So big screens, um, give the, the yeah. The uh, the guy who will be sharing some of that responsibility with him to come off the bench and provide relief for Roby and uh, Copeland, especially, uh, was also Brady Hyman, uh, freshman. I don't know what your impressions of, were of him. Um, uh, I feel like, I mean, if you just look at him, he's not, you know, physically imposing. I think he's got to be a year or two away. He's, I think he's going to have to really bulk up. 
if he's going to come. Oh, he put on 15 pounds over the summer. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same situation with Roby. Yeah. Roby freshman year. I mean, he looked I mean, he, he looks completely different. I can't wait oh, to yeah. see him. You know, hopefully he stays, but hope, see what he looks like senior year because he's really put on weight. and much, He's much more defined yeah. now than what he was freshman year. For sure. And so Brady, I, he's, I don't think he's going to have a big role. I mean, I think he'll actually be out there just well, be, just by natural default. Yeah, because we don't have a whole lot of size. So he'll he'll get some playing time. He'll yeah. get thrown into was, the fire. That was my first look at him was on on Tuesday and he looks like he's got some skill you know he can he can do some you know he's he's 611 that helps um yeah I think 611 is is generous well okay 610 whatever but uh you know I think he's got um you know he's I had seen him described as a natural shot blocker so just really good instincts around the rim so if that can carry over to the college level and make that transition quickly you know he can give us six or eight good minutes a game and and that that'll be a huge benefit so yes um, yeah and then hopefully this time this experience his freshman year where he's not gonna have to be relied on to be uh, a big time contributor will pay dividends down the road too um and just get his feet wet and be be ready to go uh the next couple years once uh some of those opportunities open up for him a little bit more yeah so tanner tanner's gonna get some playing time uh brady obviously i think he'll get some i'm not sure i feel like he won't get he won't i don't think get nearly as much as tanner and then i think nana i think will probably be the guy who gets the most minutes off the bench um so he uh it was always interesting you always watch nana uh warm up and then like the few minutes he got out there he looked like he was really athletic yep and you're you're just kind of figuring out, or just kind of wondering, like what what he was like doing in practice. That why is he not playing? Because he just you I don't know, you just watch him dunk. You ever seen him dunk? Oh yeah, yeah. He can just jump out of the gym. Uh, so athleticism's never been his. Uh, he's never lacked for that. No, yeah, for sure. So it's just getting all the things figured out. I think it's yeah for him. I think it's just his ball handling. Also, I I'm not sure he feels comfortable with the ball, but I think he's a I think he's a good shooter really good shooter and i think from what i've heard um from people inside is that just defensively he wasn't there and i think that is similar to the thor i'm just i'm i'm not gonna ever say his full name i'm just going with thor thor is good i am like in the minority but i'm kind of i actually think he's sneaky good offensively and i hope he actually gets some minutes because i think he's kind of crafty he's like a little mini ginobili sure i think he's kind of slow defensively but right i think those are and then amir Amir Harris is the new guy, and from what I've he- heard and seen, is he jumped out of the gym the other night. Super athletic, good defensively, can't shoot at all. <laughs> so it fits the bill for a Nebraska guard for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's mostly going to come down to like our starting five. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to have huge. I think they're all going to be high minutes. Like James is going to be thirty-five, thirty-four. I feel like thirty-six minutes. Yep. all in there and. I mean, the same thing was with Glenn. I think Glenn has a – I think he's going to have – he has a big season coming up for him. Because last year I don't think was his best season. No, his sophomore year was much better than his junior year last year was. Yeah. Um, so you were at the first game. What were your just overall impressions of, of what you saw? You've talked about a little bit, but um, – Yeah, I, I, I mostly just wanted to – I didn't like the way it started where we, we took five threes <laughs> to start the game. We made one of them. And I just wanted us to move the ball around, really swing it well, because this team, you can. I feel like we could do anything on them. So I wanted them to really run their sets well. Yeah. And I assume you don't want to run everything. You don't want to show everything. Right. But I wanted to see a lot of ball movement. And a lot of times just the ball is dribbling. Or there's a lot of them just trying to make plays on their own. And they can do that. But you need movement. 
you need to get misdirection. Um, so, but they kind of did whatever they wanted to. I just want, I, I mostly just focused on like the rotations and yeah. who's coming in first and what, what lineups is he going to experiment with? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was really tough to sort of gauge. Oh, you can't gauge against a team like that. It's a team like they were just so, so overmatched that you really couldn't get a feel for how, uh, how good Nebraska was this year. I, I did think that the, the, the starters, um, looked about as locked in as I've seen them to start a year before. Cause I've seen Nebraska play really, really bad teams and not put their throw down. And so for me, it was really encouraging to see them just smother a team like that. Yeah. Yeah. Run them out of the gym. So, um, uh, I think that was one of the, I uh, forget the stat. I think it was like the top two or three biggest margins of victory in school history. So, it had to be, um, that it, team it was, Team yeah. so bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, coming up on Sunday, uh, the Huskers will host Southeast Louisiana State. Um, so in a couple of weeks, the Huskers will go down to Kansas City, play Missouri State, and then USC or Texas Tech in the Hall of Fame Classic. Um, these two first two games, Mississippi Valley State and Southeast Louisiana, are were set up by that event. So yeah. so we had no control over these two games. That's that was my biggest complaint. I said, "Why? Yeah. Why did we schedule these guys?" And right. then And so um uh you're not I don't think you're going to see much mm, of a competitive game on Sunday either. Uh so and I frankly have done roughly zero research on them. So I can't tell you anything about them other than I know that their RPI is bad. Um <laughs> The less research we do, probably the worst team we're playing. For, for sure. Now, the team we play uh, in a week, in six days, Seton Hall. However, I have done a little research, at least five minutes worth of research on. Um, and I think that will be our first look at how uh, good this team can be. Um, or at least give us more of a, a gauge on on how good they are. Um, yeah, well, mo- most teams... Most most of Tim's teams, it seems, they don't find their stride till like Big Ten play or like there's sometime in the middle. Yep. And I think Tim has done it twice now. Where was that that magical season in was it 14? 14, uh, 13, 14, yeah. 13, 14, where he figured it out, where all the guys kind of figured out their role and really played towards that. And then last year, mm-hmm. I think one of his biggest smartest moves was uh, uh, strategically throwing out the one three one. Yep. And sometimes I think it was to our detriment. Like when he threw it out against Creighton, I was really like, I was yelling at the TV when he did it. Cause I just didn't think it was going to work just because when he threw it out there against Creighton, it was at the end of the game. Um, they had a whole shot clock and I just thought McDermott's too smart of a offensive mind and he can just pull out his best play. And they got the, I think it was like a backdoor dunk or no, no, I think it was a three, three by Foster kick out. So no, the backdoor dunk was against Kansas. Okay. Yes. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Although the, the zone helped against Kansas quite a bit. It did. Yeah. Just in, it's weird. It's so weird. At one, three, one, it just kind of works every now and then. But, um, well, I, I think you could make an argument that they were at their best last year when they were in that zone. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, he would just do it. He wouldn't do it the whole game. Right. Right, because he can't. But he would do it, and and uh, I guess something I noticed from the, the previous game, or against Mississippi Valley, uh, he threw out the one three one, and instead of having he had uh, Roby up at the top, which I am a fan of. Yep, yep. I I love seeing our tallest guy with the longest wingspan be at the front, mm-hmm. harassing these guards or James as well. So I wonder if we'll see that uh, yeah. if he'll have him. Because I, I bet you they're gonna they're definitely gonna use I think the one three one yeah for portions of the game I think you're right 
so looking ahead again to Seton Hall, uh, Seton Hall, uh, their last three seasons, uh, three 21 seasons, three NCAA tournament teams, but the core of those teams, um, uh, Angel Angel Delgado was just a big time post presence. Oh, yes, <laughs> Kadeen Carrington and Desi Rodriguez. I hope I got all those names right. Sorry, guys, if I didn't. Um, those guys are all gone, so they're replacing a ton this year off of the NCAA tournament team. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead is back, I believe, and they have uh, uh, a stud in Miles Powell who had a, a really good opener. Yeah, he scored thirty. So they're they're not uh, without talent. So they'll certainly, I think, give uh, a good barometer for where the Huskers are at. Um, yeah, that, but I still think that this is a game that Nebraska should win, especially in PBA. Oh, for sure. If they're an NCAA tournament team, they win this game. I'll bet, unless there something drastic happens, I bet by Vegas lines. I, I can't imagine there's going to be hardly any games that they're not favored in, at least. At home, yeah. Now, I'm not saying they'll win every game, but I can't, like, I, I think they'll be favored in just about every single one, unless, I guess, Michigan State, but they just. We'll see that. I see. I guess. I think we do. Yeah, we have Michigan State this year. So yeah, home and home. We get them both. That should be interesting. So Tim's got to have the guys ready to go early on because now, because now I guess we kind of got a wake up call from last year where we kind of missed some of these games and that's what kind of hurts you. Yep. It's crazy, but you get to what February, March, and you look all the way back to November, and it's one of those games that hurts you. Yep. Not beating Kansas last year. Yep. I, you know, at the time, I was like, "Oh, that was such a great game." Yeah, there are three or four games on this schedule last year that they uh, that they would like to have had back. And Kansas is one of them. Illinois was one of them. There's a couple other ones. I don't know for whatever reason, Illinois just had Nebraska's number that game. That yeah, didn't you see? I saw that coming. Did you see that coming? Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like I saw the game in Illinois coming. I didn't see the one in Lincoln coming. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Looking back, that was actually a huge game. It was to be Illinois. On the has it? Has it? Well, and that was kind of where the the run started for Nebraska. Yeah, I guess uh, I I totally got off topic, but yeah, one of Tim's I think better coaching moves was deciding to start um, Anton over Evan. Yeah, and then I think Evan's play improved dramatically because he was now in a much more defined role where he could just really focus on guarding the best player yep, and just putting all his energy there instead yep. of having just a, you know, a general role and being in the starting lineup and having to try to score. Cause the scoring wasn't his natural thing. He's not a natural shooter. Um, he could hit that, you know, pull up jump shot, but that was not the shot I was ever, I was never happy seeing him shoot that, but sometimes it naturally came. Yep. But so that, that was a really good move by him. So, they always kind of figure it out towards the end of the year, but this year they, they're going to have to figure it out early on, right away, especially at this tournament, that Kansas tournament. That It doesn't seem that big right now, but that's going to be huge. Yeah. Whoever we play next round, win or lose our first game. Right. Playing Tech or USC is huge because that's going to be those two teams. Tech is always good. Tech's, Tech was a three seed last year. Yep. And they were pretty senior senior dominated, but they, they'll still be talented, I'm sure. Right. And USC, I... Did USC get in last year? I don't believe so. No, I know they're, I think. But don't quote me on that. So. Yeah, I know they were on the bubble. I remember seeing them on there a lot. We'll, we'll talk more about them next week. We'll actually do some research and talk about them next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, the, uh, you know, a week from now, we'll have uh, our first glimpse at, at what, um, more of what we should be able to expect from this team. I, I, 
Um, well, okay, let's transition to that from sort of what our podcast should have been last week and talk about sort of some expectations and keys for the season. Uh, I don't know. We've talked about it some, but um, I guess, Joe, what are your what's your outlook on, on this season uh, coming in here as we sit here one game into um, the regular season? So I guess you have to always, I guess, kind of like go from a broad view and look at like what would be a successful year? What would we look back and say, like, this was awesome. We overachieved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard because I know it involves making the tournament. Yep. So I know a failure season is, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here, I'll get your take on this. I don't know if it's, you know, if we make the tournament, I feel like the, the bar is so high. It's make the tournament and we got to win. Yeah. Now it's like if we get there and we lose – I don't think it's going to be seen as that was a great season. You? I don't think it's going to be seen as a great season. No, of course not. Well, I, it's hard to say that because if you look, you look at the history of the program, right? Exactly. And they've been to what the NCAA tournament just a handful of times. They've literally never won a game, and uh, and it's it's. It just feels strange to sit here at the beginning of the season and say it's like win a game, do something the program has never done or else it's a failure, right? Yeah. And so, but if you look at what they are returning, um, 80% of their production, uh, look, you've got four, you know, Coach Miles said in the Big Ten media days that you've got four guys that anybody in the league would take. And when you have that, that the expectations are high and they should be, they should be high. Um, now, certainly there are questions about what comes after those four. Um, and so maybe that's where uh, Nebraska's in trouble when you you face a team down the road like Creighton who's going to have depth like crazy but no stars. You've got a whole bunch of stars in Nebraska, but questions about depth. And so, um, yeah, I mean, but for me, I, I agree. I, I feels like the expectation for this team, rightly, is get to the tournament and then um, win. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Wouldn't that be like that? So like that is a national championship to me. <laughs> If we if we if we won one, it it also depends, I guess, on you know if we were to get there. I guess like what our seed would be. Sure, I mean it's all about matchups once you get there. If you're like a top, you know, five four seed, then you're not just expected to win one game. You're expected to at least get to the sweet sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, it, but the way like the Big Ten predicts us to finish the top four. Yeah, well, that I mean that, and in the big in a conference like the Big Ten, that's a sweet sixteen caliber team. Yeah, which is. I mean, the fifth place team in the tournament last year went to the NCAA title game. They went all the way to the championship game. So wasn't that nuts? Yeah, I I, I loved Michigan's team. Yeah, and they could have got bounced. I don't know if you remember watching oh, yeah. them play Houston. That was a great game. It came down. Who hits it? Like uh, I don't remember. Pool. Yeah. I think I think it was Jordan Pool. Someone hits that deep yeah. three. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. Just inside a half court, if I remember right. Yeah, um, that was incredible. But yeah, I mean, the expectations for this team are, are high. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens if they are on the bubble again. Oh. Whether they get in or not. But if but if they're on the bubble, it's, from this side, it feels like uh, something went wrong. So um, yeah, I think, I think Husker fans, we could have a perfect season and we could be sweating it on a uh, uh, Sunday or selection Sunday just to make sure we're, we're in because I, I now it just seems like we're we're always going to be on the bubble because I feel like we are just a typical <laughs> we're going to be a, a bubble team. We're not below, but we're not any of these Michigan, Michigan State 
Ohio State kind of caliber teams that are always like no doubters. Right. And so. But when you have four guys like Watson and Roby and Palmer and Copeland, um, like there's not many teams that have four guys like that. Yeah. There's no. not. I mean, just even in the Big Ten, there's, there may are two or three probably. And so, I mean, uh, again, the depth thing will be a qu- the big question. But right now, looking at it, they they've got something to start with that is as good as anybody in the conference. Yeah. So, um, if that's the case, they should be, they should, they should have a good season and we'll just see if that plays out. But when you look at the schedule, there will be no excuses. You know, they, all the talk last year was about, um, whether they won, well, uh, you know, games in the, the first quadrant and second quadrant. Oh, oh, I hate hearing the, well, you're going to hear it again. Oh, the just quads get prepare yourself for it now. But if you look at the schedule, they have all they have all sorts of games littered throughout the count, the uh, schedule that are going to provide opportunities to rack up those wins. So you talk about Seton Hall, which will probably be in that quad two range. Uh, USC or, or Texas Tech will be will be right there. A game at Clemson and then Creighton, Oklahoma State. All of these opportunities to rack up these wins that should remove all doubt if they just do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, the op- they've set themselves up for uh, a season that will, one way or the other, we're going to remember this season forever, right? It's either going to be the most disappointing season we've sat through in a long time, or it's going to be uh, one that we'll celebrate for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And uh, I don't see much middle ground there. Um, yeah, this is kind of a, I think, I mean, I, I, I can imagine Tim's feeling the pressure too, because yeah. I think this is, I think he knows that this might be his most talented starting five he's ever had. Oh, there's no question. I think it has to be. Yeah, it, at least since I've been, uh, at least since he's been here in the seventh season, this oh, is easy. by far his most talented. I guess the only one that would compare is that um, Shields, Pitchford, Petaway. Um, no, it doesn't compare. And it's not. It like, and, that, and that team made the tournament. This team is... James is better than Petaway. As much as I love Petaway, Petaway was awesome. James can do more. James is <laughs> he can, I think he can do just about anything on the court. Isaiah, like we say all the time, like the uh, potential is not it's not just becoming potential. He's starting to kind of fit into it. I just want to see him shoot more, be a little more assertive. Yep. And then Isaac who it's just been such a sweet, like, complimentary player who is would be some of the best, like, best player on a different team, probably. And then you cap that off with the senior point guard who is just steady, doesn't turn the ball over, finds his teammates, and hopefully will shoot the ball better than he did last year, much more like his sophomore year. If you do that, I think you're cooking with, um, with fire, as they say, or I don't know how the phrase goes. But you've got yourself a really good combination to, to really cause some headaches for a lot of teams. So uh, what are your keys to the season? If the season will be a success, if season will be a success, if one we stay healthy, two um, our starting five comes out and um, always kind of goes uh, in after we go into our bench, starts with a lead, builds on it. I think our starting five will just about, I think just about every game have an advantage. And I think they should at least be up because once we dig into our bench, we go into like Nana and Tanner and there's going to be games where James is off. And these, and cause guess what? Like one of these games, 
Isaac is going to be in foul trouble. Isaiah is going to be in foul trouble. We're going to have to dig in deep. I don't, you know, if the bench can just provide relief, I don't, I don't think we're deep. I don't really trust it at all. The guys we're going into, um, you know, that remains to be seen. I guess we've only seen one game, but starting five is going to have to be really, really good. Cause if we get down and then we go into the bench, I'm not sure we can really afford to do that. So our guys are going to have to be in shape. <laughs> yep. James is going to be playing a ton of minutes. So is Isaiah. So is Glenn. I mean, our point guards. I don't even know who we have. A, we don't have a point guard that comes off the bench. Yeah. It's like a mirror. I mean, that's the, what was one of the big questions of the year is like, who's backing up Glenn? No, no one. No one. No one's backing up Glenn. So they're going to have to figure out how to break a press this year. So all these little things that they're going to have to do. Uh, and it's like James was good last year. He's going to have to be better. Yeah. <laughs> and he can be. He, had a, he has a whole other year on, under. I don't even know if I totally answered your question. I called it, totally just That's all good. went off and did the little things I think we need to do. Yep. But, you know, I think I'm – so, like, there's the hype train. I'm not on the hype train right now. I think people should kind of roll back their expectations a little bit. But – and then it's hard because you look at the starting five we have – and you go like that's such a that's such a good team. Our our three, four, and five guys mm-hmm. are just incredible. Yeah, Isaiah and James Palmer are two guys that are going to probably be in the NBA, and they think Isaiah is going to be a lottery. Yep, which is nuts. Which right. means like you're elite. <laughs> and I'm not even sure he's our he's not even the first guy we go to. So I see why expectations are super high. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm worried just because I just don't think. Once we get into the six, seven, eight guys, I don't know what we have there. Yep. So. Yep. No, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, I'm probably a little more optimistic than you are. Um, uh, you know, I think that everything's there for this team. I think this team has the opportunity to do some really great things. Um, you know, they're the kind of team that is set up to do. Um, you know, to, to win games, whether it be in the tournament setting, whether it be the Big Ten or NCAA tournament. Obviously, they have to do it. That's never happened here. So that would be uh, unprecedented in a lot of ways, but uh, it's the kind of team that's set up to do it. Um, I think you hit on one of the things that is just the biggest key for me, I think, is uh, is health. Um, you know, last year they were super fortunate in that you know, they didn't have any major injuries. Roby um, fought it a little bit at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and Anton. Anton a little bit, and then uh, Copeland um, took him a little bit to get into a rhythm after coming off of the back surgery. Um, but you don't have any of that this year um, to start the year. And so staying, especially those those uh, top four, keeping those guys healthy is going to be a huge key to this season if they are going to get where they want to go. Yeah, and I think one big game to look at is that Creighton game. Yep. I mean, jumping. it's, I mean... We always, I feel like we kind of just, it, 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 there has to be something more to it because we've been ta- more talented and better than Creighton multiple years that we played them. And like, I feel like last year they could have won. So it's like one of these years, like Tim has to get over the hump. Yeah. Like you play a guy so many times you lose to him and it's sometimes you have more talent and you're still losing. He's got it. He has to outcoach McDermott. One of like this is the year to do it. You're at home. This is your best team. Yep. And they don't have Marcus Foster. He's gone. Thank God. Kyrie Thomas is gone. Kyrie's gone. Thank God. So, I mean, this is it. If that's I mean, that's gonna. It'll be super disappointing. Oh my goodness! If they lose this one against Creighton. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. We, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that yet. We uh, yeah, we'll get there in, a, in about a month. Um, 
All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up here. Joe, give me your season prediction for the Huskers. All right, season prediction. I'm going to go – it's a little conservative, I guess, but I'm going to give them the same exact record that they had last year. Interesting. All right. Which is uh, – I think it was – what was it in the Big Ten? It was 13-5? Yeah. 13-5 in the Big Ten. Um, and remember, we've got 20 games this year in the Big Ten. So it was, oh, yeah, they had the added games. Um, so I think a record of – was it twenty three and I believe twenty three and eight? Okay, I think is I mean, that might be one better than what we were? Yeah, I think better. I think that's one better. I think we'll be twenty three and eight. Okay, but I think we'll make the tournament. All right. <sighs> I, I'm not going to say we're going to win or lose, but I think twenty three and eight because I think the Big Ten is going to be better this year. Okay, and then I think we'll still finish the top four. Okay, so I'm going twenty three and eight. All right. So my prediction for the year, uh, similar. Uh, actually, I'm a little bit more aggressive than you are. Um, I predicted the same conference finish, so 13 and 7, um, which I had them at fifth place in the conference. Um, I had them going 2 and 1 in the Big Ten tournament, and then I had them going 1 and 1 in the NCAA tournament. So that's the final record for me um, of so 26 and 10. So you add. So I guess we had the same overall record, and then I just added three postseason wins. Yeah, you. Yeah, you did more of the. I guess it's not that much more aggressive because I just didn't. You just didn't talk about. I just didn't put it in, so it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, not much of a you know a diverse. Right. Um, Okay. So so that's that's uh, that's what I had. Um, So I guess we're kind of in the same. You know, you have this pessimistic look at the things. I'm more optimistic, and yet we come out with like the same record. So I I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. I just. It's so hard because I, I don't want to pick against, you know, because I want them to win every game. Right. But I also I, mean, I also want to be accurate in my prediction. So right. it's like so hard to like because I don't want to ever compete. I don't ever want to like have them losing a certain game and then I can't root for them to lose that game. Right. So that's what that's, that's hard. But yeah. Okay. And then lastly, give me uh, a bold prediction for the Huskers and for the Big Ten. Okay. If we don't make the tournament this year, I don't know if this is bold. Tim Miles is gone. That's not bold. That's not bold that's at all. Bold. That's like mainstream. That's, right. That's like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally just. Good. I literally just thought of that. Okay. Um. Why don't you? Okay, you go okay, and you come. Prediction. You come back to me. All right. Bold prediction. I'm bold prediction for the Big Ten. Indiana, the Hoosiers win the Big Ten regular season. Oh gosh. Romeo Langford. Just takes the conference by storm. Juwan Morgan. Yeah. These are good players. Um, I think that they're going to – I think that they win the, the Big Ten. Not Michigan State. Not Michigan. Sorry, guys. But it's going to be the Indian Hoosiers. Hey, that is bold. That's out there. That's that's my bold Big Ten prediction. My bold Nebraska prediction. Let me think. Um, I haven't thought about this at all. So um, uh, my bold prediction for the Huskers is that they – uh, gosh, Glenn Watson will lead the team in three point shooting. Is that bold? Oh, percentage? Percentage. Is that bold? Is that bold enough for you? Do you want something bolder than that? Uh, yeah, I want more. You want bolder than that? Um, but that's okay. I, I don't even know who did lead him last year. Did he lead him? It probably was either. I think it was Gil. Really? Uh, no, it was Cope. Copeland. Yeah, okay, that sounds more likely. He was way more efficient than have, Anton. We have a way to find out the answer to this question. Um, it was Gil for a long time, and then he got cold at the end of the year. Yeah, he was he was very shaky. Um, okay, let's get bolder with my 
conference predict. See, okay. Um, my Husker bold prediction is that one somebody on the team. I will say Isaac Copeland scores. 40 points in a game. Whoa, that is bold. Okay. And yeah, I will take the under on that. All right. Isaac Copeland's notches the 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 scorecard with 40 at least once this year. Okay, I'll say All right, I I have a few. I have one where I think one of the guys in our starting lineup not named Thomas Allen will um come off the bench. One of the, uh, at least for a little part during the year. Okay. Because I think there we might run into a s- scenario where we're not getting any production off the bench. Okay. And he's going to have to figure, switch something off where we have someone, someone who can come off the bench and actually run the offense for a little bit. Okay. That and one game where James Palmer Jr. Uh, gets a triple double. Oh, all right. Which would be nuts because just like up. 10 assists in like a college game feels like 20 <laughs> like an nba game so uh that'd be really uh, i think he has the talent to do it though they just hit shots like that can happen it'd have to happen early though i feel like so okay big a uh, bold conference prediction big 10 uh, prediction bold conference prediction um i do not have indiana winning it is it uh, i want to say it's not i don't think it's bold that i don't think purdue's gonna make the ncaa tournament oh that's bold is that bold i think it's bold yeah, I don't think and I don't think Purdue's making it this Interesting. Year. All right, Carson Edwards is shut out of the tournament to end his career. Oh, I want to be hurt at all by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good stuff. Okay, uh, as quick, I looked it up here. Uh, I'm going to let you try and guess who the top two finishers in the regular rotation, so we're not counting the bench players, um, who are the top top two in three-point field goal percentage last last season. <sighs> Okay, I don't. I don't think it's Anton. It is not Anton. I think it's Isaac Copeland. Nope. Oh. J- it has to be James. Nope. Re- Thomas Allen. Nope. Glenn. Nope. Okay, <laughs> I feel like now we're getting into like someone who shot like one of them. Evan Taylor went sixteen of thirty six for forty four. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then second. In the rotation, the regular rotation was Isaiah Roby, 17 of 42 for 40.5% on the season. I guess I just naturally won. I'm just an awful predictor. But those were also in the, again, outside of Thomas Allen, those three were the, the, took by far the fewest three points. I was going to say, so, I was going by guys that probably took the most. Yeah, nope. So Palmer and Copeland and Watson and Gill all took more than 110 three point attempts. So, um, Copeland shot at 37%. Uh, Gill was at 38%. Uh, Watson was at 29, 29%. That needs to, that needs to bump. He needs to get that up by like 30, 36, 37. Yeah, he needs to get it in the higher thirties. Yeah. The other guys were shooting. Yeah. That's not bad at all. And coach miles has said that he's, they're going to, he's giving him free reign to let it fly. So we're going to see a lot of three-point attempts this year, much to Joe's chagrin. I think that's, yeah, I guess I mean, that's, that's that was all strategic. That's, so what, That's the way the game's going. The, it is, though. Dunks are threes. Yep, and that's, that's what he said, you know, free throws, layups, and three-pointers. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, but 
All right, we have come to the end of our first show of the 2018-19 season. We will be back in roughly a week. Um, we are going to try to record on Wednesdays, but next Wednesday, uh, the Huskers and Seton Hall play. Um, we may try and do some stuff like right after games from from time to time, uh, post game reaction stuff. Joe might do most of that, but yeah, I'll try and do. Quick post game thoughts. Yep. Just kind of just recapping just the previous game. So if you just want to hear exactly what happened that night, if you didn't see it, hopefully you did see it, but you want to hear uh, my take on the game and I guess what I liked, what I didn't like, um, listen to that. It won't be too long. Just yeah. a quick, quick recap. All right. Well, oh, follow us on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Unlocking Vault. Unlocking Vault. We are, are we on Facebook? We're not on Facebook. Okay, so just Twitter's. That's all you need. Twitter's all you need. And all those 50 followers that we have, just remember, this This is the low point. Just like this year, though. I think we're gonna th- we, we might be able to thrive, and uh, you'll be able to say you were there from the very beginning. Right. Hopefully we can make shirts. That'd be kind of cool. No, that'd be... I mean, it's not that hard to make a t-shirt. That's just a question of can we make a good one. Yeah. Unlocking the vault. I think we can definitely... Totally. Uh, anyway, so for Joe... I'm Dave. We will see you next week. Peace.